Good afternoon, Dennis Fithian, ready to get things underway on this uh, afternoon live. Coming up, we've got some football talk for you. Uh, we are going to hear from uh, Gus Johnson, Mozzie Smith, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Josh Uche. we got either highlights or comments from these guys, and we're looking forward to playing those uh, to you, you know, I was just listening to some of the you know previous highlights from from past Michigan games, and I saw a Josh Uche highlight from uh, a couple of years ago when when Michigan got down seventeen nothing to Northwestern, and Uche had said something uh, how it, it got him going. It was a walk off sack. How it it got him going and it took off uh, from there. And what happened to me? It got the juices flowing a little bit to uh, get ready to go for this weekend. And then afterwards, you know, it's, it's got to be a really difficult uh, task. It, it's easier said than done when you say, hey, just focus on Northwestern. You got to take this one game at a time. I'm talking about for the players. I find it as, uh, you know, as, as a broadcaster here, very difficult to do. Like, and I know so you, you don't have to. Like, that's the great thing. But, you know, you have, you have fans and, you know, they're like, uh, well, we got to take it one game at a time. I, I can't if that was the, uh, the focus to, like, just take it one game at a time. I would not be able to do that. I've been peeking ahead towards uh, towards Michigan State, and uh, what got the juices flowing a little bit there. It, uh, you just start seeing people putting up pictures today. It was uh, a picture of Devin Bush, the I guess who call it an iconic photo up in in East Lansing, where he's uh, towards midfield, and you have all the Spartans who are lined up and and interlocked with their arms and, you know, uh, Bush goes over there and he, he tears up midfield and everything else. And the rest is, uh, is history there. I mentioned the Uche uh, highlight that I saw. And then I saw and listened to Donovan Peoples Jones. The last time Michigan was up in East Lansing, when he took off the, the big play of the game and scored the touchdown and then did the Paul Bunyan pose, which, uh, you know, in, in Michigan lore is definitely, uh, something that people will not forget. Probably on the Michigan State side, they won't forget that either. Uh, and then there's some video of going over there and grabbing that Paul Bunyan trophy, which I hadn't thought about. You know, I've been talking about, well, this is what Michigan does, and this is what Michigan State does, and here's how they're colliding and everything else. And uh, I hadn't thought much about that trophy, and uh, I saw that trophy, and, and that'll get you going a little bit uh, as well. Uh, speaking of uh, those two teams, I'll talk a little bit about Northwestern and what Michigan wants to get done Saturday against the cats. But I also went through when it came down to Michigan and Michigan state. And I went in some cases, a uh, player to player uh, position group to position group uh, side of the ball, the side of the ball, who gets the check marks, coaches, you know, special teams, all of that. And that's what's coming up uh, ahead here on this uh, good afternoon uh, live. So all of that uh, for you here as uh, we are at the midway point now. And, you know, Michigan had that buy. And I think, uh, it, I don't know, does it does it feel like it was, you know, more than two weeks? Uh, no, because it hasn't been yet. You know, this is a Thursday. But um, I, I saw some uh, some folks, some friends of mine who were on Facebook saying, oh, they, they hated the bye week. It's like, I hate bye weeks. And well, I, under, I understand that, you know, you're you're rolling like you, Michigan, you know, here they are. They're, they're six and oh, you just want to get that next game and get ready to go out there. And 
I, I get that. You get to a Saturday with no Michigan. You're like, mm, that's your favorite team. You're, you're twiddling your thumbs a little bit saying, you know, this isn't any fun. Uh, there's no pressure here, but I found it uh, very enjoyable, you know, to sit, sit back. I, I, it wouldn't be enjoyable if they had, were coming off a loss to Nebraska. You know, that would be terrible. You know, the brooding and, you know, the, the only way to get the bad taste out of your mouth is start putting some wins uh, uh, together. So that would have been terrible. But, of course, Michigan didn't lose that game to uh, Nebraska. And I don't know if it was a funny thing that happened, but it did happen. I just sat back and, you know, I, I think about uh, stories and storylines and, and different things and angles to talk about uh, when it comes to Michigan sports, Michigan football right now. And a lot of times in the past is like, you know, why, why did this go wrong? And, you know, where did they need to improve? And, you know, how are they going to get this down? How could they ever – you know, get it back. And, uh, and, and now that they're here at the midway point, it's like, uh, you know, all of those stories feel really good. You know, when there's a, when you look at the win loss column, it's like, uh, I know it goes almost without saying here, like everything, you know, the, the sky's a little bit bluer, everything feels a little bit better, you know, when you got a team that that's undefeated. So, you know, all of that going for you, uh, you know, speaking of, uh, what we've been talking about here, we'll get to some of those uh, matchups, uh, Michigan to Michigan State, player to player, uh, position group to position group and all that. We'll hear some of the audio, Gus Johnson, the different players, Mozzie Smith, what the defensive tackle had to say about when uh, he encounters double teams. We'll get to all of that coming up straight ahead. Right now, let's uh, bring in a guest here, and he's number one in mid-Michigan. And number one in, for me when it comes to Northwestern, athletics and he's an ascending broadcaster in southeast michigan and uh he's here on the good afternoon live it's jake Reema. jake how are you defense what a pleasure it was to see my phone ring and, and see your name pop up a pleasant surprise i am doing well glad to join the the good afternoon show been a little while how are you doing man i'm doing great you know i'm i'm, in, I'm enjoying the bye week and i'm enjoying the weather here I am looking towards a Saturday and, you know, it's a noon start, but everybody's talking about the noon start the following week. They hate the noon start, but, you know, this one, nobody's complaining about the noon start, but uh, nobody's complaining about Michigan getting back out of the field. But uh, there's a lot of people that are having a hard time focusing on the cats. They're looking past it and, you know, looking towards that game against Michigan State the following week. Yeah, and I wish I could sit here with you and say, "Yeah, don't don't sleep on my cats." You know, these Northwestern Wildcats are 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 a pesky group and fighting. And and I want to believe that. I'm still trying to work through some things in my head to convince myself because obviously, um, I have a rooting interest for Northwestern. But yeah, Dennis, you start to break down the numbers, and I mean, you don't really have. It doesn't take a a football rocket scientist or or an X's and O's guru to see that Michigan's got the best rushing offense in the country. And I'm sorry in the Big Ten and, and Northwestern just struggles to stop the run. Offensively, Northwestern, until last week, just was abysmal at times. And, and it just is a David, a true David versus Goliath matchup on paper at the big house. So uh, I, I, again, with my rooting interest, sure, let's go Cats. But uh, you, you look up and down the roster on both sides, and it is truly a, a lopsided uh, David versus Goliath matchup on Saturday. Well, the only rocket scientist uh, that I know who's actually also a football guy is Matt Patricia. I put a, you know, a request in for him, but he didn't get back to me. So we'll just have to do it and go on our own knowledge and what we know. You know, it was just a couple of days ago, somebody asked me who I thought the, the five best Big Ten coaches were right now. 
you know, and, and it kind of caught me off guard. So I'm like, well, you know, Mel Tucker, you know, here he is in an undefeated season. And in, in the off season, I did this and I can remember I was going back. I didn't have all the, the names in front of me, but I knew who I had up at the top. I had Pat Fitzgerald. And so when I said, well, uh, and here it was Michigan Northwestern week. And uh, the guy thought, well, you know, I was just, uh, you know, playing up to the cats or playing up to the opponent or something. No, but I really believe that, especially after what we saw, you know, the previous three years, two of those years really coming out of nowhere. Nobody was talking about uh, Northwestern, you know, winning the West, whatever you think about the West, you know, he had him there and had him in the big 10 championship game. And I know that, that Michigan wanted him to uh, be their coach uh, before they got Jim Harbaugh. Uh, there was some talk uh, last year before Jim Harbaugh signed his contract again. Hey, maybe Michigan could go out there and get Pat Fitzgerald. There've been some NFL teams. I, I think actually he was contacted by some, some NFL teams. So it's not crazy to have a uh, Fitzgerald, even though they're struggling this year. No, no doubt about it. And you look at uh, really the last five years, sure, the down year in 2019, but the the and the pandemic year in 2020, depending on who you ask. But what they were able to put together with that roster in 2020, and and even some of the guys that are having success at the next level, you know, Rashawn Slater is looking like one of the best uh, up and coming offensive tackles, and maybe better than the 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 tackle that the Lions drafted in Penny Sewell. But um, um, other, yeah, right, exactly. So, but the way Pat Fitzgerald has just taken a hold of the program and, and, and develop players. And Mike Hankowitz too, this is his first year, not being the defensive coordinator for Northwestern, but you know, he had uh, oodles and oodles of experience and they had that continuity as a coaching staff. And you saw that translate into a lot of success and, and it, depending on who you ask, you know, as a, as an alumni, I was, proud of the progress that they made and some of the bowl victories that they've had. They've had a lot of success in the postseason, you know, five bowl victories in the last six seasons. So, um, you know, certainly it's, it's there's still goals for Northwestern to, to be had. Um, you know, you would love you would have loved to see them win the Big Ten title against Ohio State last year. But uh, they I no doubt in my mind that uh, with Pat Fitzgerald at the helm, they can get back to the Big Ten championship game, eventually win it and continue to make noise the way that they did in 2020. However, all that said, unfortunately, it's not happening here in 2021 with some of the struggles that they've had. Yeah, I picked him in the first game against Michigan State, one play in. I was like, whoa, I don't know if I made the right <laughs> selection here. We're talking with uh, Jake Reitma on Twitter. It's Jake underscore Reitma, R-I-E-P-M-A. Most people already know that and follow you, but there might be a few out there that are like, hey, I want to follow Jake. There it is on Twitter. You know, uh, it, it goes with their with their name, the Wildcat. Last year, uh, you know, Michigan had troubles against Michigan State in the Wildcat. They had Joe Milton out there and uh, you know, they, uh, then they brought in Hassan Haskins to run the wildcat. It didn't work. And I was complaining about that. And everybody actually was complaining about that. But then I remember watching Northwestern. I don't know if it was the next week or, or if it was in the big 10 championship game against Ohio state and they're going to the wildcat, man, and they're just running it and they look great doing it. And I, and I don't know, like, uh, I, I don't know if it's just Fitzgerald. It, it, it might be the great left tackle that they had in, in, in Slater there, but they, uh, the wildcats are pretty good at the wildcat. Yeah, they did. They had some success with it um, with when Cam Porter, he was a freshman running back a year ago. And then even in the bowl game in the Citrus Bowl against Auburn, um, Porter had a big game. But unfortunately, uh, the the rushing attack for Northwestern looks significantly different here in 2021. You had um, 
You had Drake Anderson. These are all players from 2020 that are no longer in uniform for the Wildcats. Drake Anderson, who was Damian Anderson's son, he transferred out to Arizona. You had Isaiah Bowser, who was the leading rusher, transferred to Central Florida, all because Cam Porter came in as a freshman in 2020 and took the bulk of the carries and was that Wildcat running back. And so now you fast forward to 2021. Cam Porter suffers a torn ACL in preseason camp, so he's out for a season. And now all of a sudden, Evan Hall. Evan Hall went from the fourth or fifth string running back to the guy that's taken all the carries right now and is the leading rusher for Northwestern. So some of that uh, that personnel, the way that there's been a lot of turnover from 2020 to 21 is why you're seeing some of those struggles for Northwestern. But to your point, Dennis, the the Wildcat and getting creative on the offensive side was, uh, was something that we've loved to see from Northwestern. And unfortunately, they don't quite have the weapons here in 2021 that they had in 2020. But uh, still, still, um, you know, the, the game against Rutgers, they were looked a little bit better on offense than they the game um, or the, the games leading up to that, especially against Nebraska. They got absolutely blitzed on the road against Nebraska. And that was a big step backwards. So looking at to, to, to Michigan, you know, maybe maybe some bells and whistles will be out there because that's what it's going to take to to beat the Wolverines. And maybe we'll see the Wildcat. I don't know. I forgot the line. Is it 20, 21 points? Is that what it is? Yeah, last I checked, it was 21. I mean, you know, depending on where you shop, of course. But uh, I, <laughs> I again, I wish I could stand here and tell you, take the points, the Wildcats, it's a trap game uh, for Michigan. But I just, uh, I am not feeling confident in my Northwestern um, Wildcats. But I'll be there, Dennis. I'll be there decked out in my purple, cheering them on, and uh, we'll see what happens. You'll be that one amidst the, the 110,000 and say, hey, there's it'd be easy to spot Jake. There he is. He's got that uh, that that purple, uh, yeah, I was going to say T-shirt, but you might need to wear a jacket. It's going to get a little bit uh, cooler there. Yeah, you know what? I, I don't. I think that when you talk about trap games, uh, it happens. I mean, I'm. it's going to be hard for them to be completely jacked up against uh, Northwestern and not looking ahead to Michigan State, where it really happens is when you go on the road because then like the crowd will be able to fire up Michigan enough like, sure, they're not going to come out and, and, and feel like they're playing in a championship game, and they will look a little bit ahead. But, uh, you know, the crowd will get behind them. I think that will not be a factor. It was for uh, Michigan State a week before when they went to Bloomington and took on Indiana. They ended up uh, winning by five, but uh, they, they didn't have the, uh, you know, the bombs, the nailer, the punt returns from Reed or, or Walker taking it to the house and everything. Those guys were pretty well contained here. I know you uh, have listened to a lot of the talk already about Michigan and Michigan State. Where do you think the line's going to be? And if I had to uh, pin you down on a prediction right now, where would you be? Yeah, look, I was one of those uh, skeptical Michigan State fans, even even um, really until that game against Rutgers, where I started to say, okay, maybe this Michigan State squad, um, you know, the, the weapons are for real. And then they went on the road to Bloomington and – Maybe this is a little bit of a spin zone, but I I thought it showed a lot about just the 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 grittiness of the Spartans and, and kind of the guts to not have your A game and still go on the road in a hostile environment and get a win. So I actually felt like I was leaving that game against um, Indiana a little bit more of a believer in the Spartans. Um, and then all the talk with Mel Tucker being a prime candidate for a potential coaching switch. You wonder how that will factor into it, but I'm in on the Spartans. I, I think uh, you, you, you roll the ball out there and line it up today. I would take, if you pin me down and wanted a prediction, I would take Michigan state and uh, maybe a two and a half point spread. Obviously um, you know, you get a couple of points for being at home. So I do think Michigan state will be the favorites, but uh, this, and maybe, maybe it's because I, I have 
somewhat of a built up, um, I don't know, not built up animosity, but I just think Michigan has, they are who they are and, and we're, we're in how many year of the Harbaugh era. And it just seems like it's been more of the same. And while that, yes, year seven of the Harbaugh era. And while it has been, um, you know, this year at times, Michigan's looked really good and the rushing attack's been awesome. And, and they've uh, set, they've so far accomplished everything that they've set out to accomplish. They haven't had that signature win and, and going on the road and, and earning that signature win. maybe I'm letting the pass factor into my my decision making process too much but it's almost like I'm doubting Thomas I need to see it before I can believe it so for that and being a believer in Michigan State and what Mel Tucker is building over there I've got the Spartans and uh, I think they'll get two and a half three and a half points and I still would take them to cover yeah I think you and you just did uh, can make a case for Michigan State. When I look at the personnel and I look at the games and, you know, I put it all together. If somebody picks Michigan State, I can't say you're crazy. You know, you're just some smart, you know, like uh, I, I am in on the, uh, you know, it's getting ready to be rivalry week. Uh, and, and even I, I, th- I don't think Mel, I think Jimbo Fisher, they want a big name LSU. You know, they want somebody that's already done it before and that they can throw $50 million at and say, hey, here's our guy. Uh, they want Jimbo. But I'm all about, you know, Mel Tucker going to LSU. Hey, you know, great job. Like that would be a, a, a huge slap down for Michigan state. And even if it isn't, you know, just, you know, it's, I can't really needle him about the team. Like he's done a really good job putting together the team. They look really good. It's not like I'm going to say, you know, Kenneth Walker's a joke or, you know, <laughs> Peyton Thorne has got a rubber band for an arm. You know, no, I think, you know, they look really good. They played pretty good. I agree with what you had to say about Indiana, but I'll, I'll need them a little bit when it comes down to uh, Tucker, maybe Bolton for Baton Rouge. I wanted to ask you, I noticed looking at your bio on Twitter that you're calling, you do a lot of different things, but one thing that you're doing is you're calling high school games. Have you come across any players of note that are like heading to the Big Ten, especially any Michigan guy, anybody that's, uh, that's uh, you know, thinking about the maize and blue? Yeah, so I'm uh yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, Dennis. It has been kind of fun to dive into the high school scene. Admittedly, prior to to this year, I hadn't other than, you know, the with some of my connections and 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 people that I would hear it from, but to see it firsthand's been a lot of fun. So I've been well, You look it. like you're still in high school, so you probably go out there and they're like, "Hey, you just go ahead. We don't care if you don't have your student ID. You're good to go." Yeah, yeah. You're like, "I'm a broadcaster." <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm with the team. I swear. Yeah, sure you are. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to get that shot in there. I appreciate that. Um, but no, uh, calling games for Lansing Catholic, who's the number one team in Division Six, um, undefeated, eight no record. So they'll have their final game against Puama West Vela coming up here on Friday night. And they are loaded with talent and, and calling the same team every single week, Dennis, um, you don't see as many games, you know, you're only seeing a new opponent, one new opponent each week, but the Lansing Catholic team's got a couple of kids that I do think they'd kind of be fringe, uh, you know, high level D2 kids, maybe sneak into some Mac offers there, but one of their defensive linemen for Lansing Catholic just committed to Northern Michigan um, out of the GLIAC this year, who I, you know, I, I cover the GLIAC um, for D2football.com. So to see a lot of those guys play at the next level is pretty exciting. And then Alex Waters is a kid who maybe when it's all said and done, will also have some GLIAC offers. And Brandon Lewis is a, an explosive player for Lansing Catholic, who I think could see a Mac offer before it's said and done. Um, but uh, 
Bo Poljan is the only one that's uh, signed on the dotted line or verbally committed, I should say, um, to be a Northern Michigan Wildcat here next season. But it has been fun to dabble in the high school stuff. Uh, you're a play-by-play guy. It's, there's nothing like calling the action and, and bringing it to life. Therefore, um, in our case, it's it's a webcast, so you've got the whole HD setup with the HD cameras and uh, and running the 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 webcast for vi- the visual medium. But radio calls are great as well. And I've, re- I've really enjoyed it, Sarah, and hope to continue doing it. Sounds like a lot of fun. You know how verbals go, you know, he, he, Alma and Adrian. I've, I've been on some of those uh, GLIAC posting boards and things like that. They're taking a run at that kid. You know, they're going to try to flip him on signing <laughs> yeah. day. Flip right, him from right. Northern. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see for sure. Get him to go out to uh, to the west side of the state. All right, uh, Jake, it was great talking with you. Thanks for for joining me here and you know, you're my go-to when it comes to uh Northwestern athletics. So enjoy the game. Enjoy your time. Hope everybody treats you well on Saturday. Absolutely. D fifth. Anytime you need me, I'm there for you, man. I really appreciate you having the opportunity to come on here and I'd be remiss if I didn't drop in one go cats. Oh uh, yeah. There you go. Good job. Enjoy the game. Don't, don't uh, get belligerent down there. You know, start talking trash. I don't, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. No promises. All right, man. Have a good one. Thanks. All right. It's good to see you. There he is. Uh, Jake Ritma uh, joining us uh, here. This is what I was talking about earlier. Whoa. It was getting me a little fired up about uh, football. He's got to get it to the end zone. And he's sacked. Wow. Uche with his second sack of the game. Six sacks for the Wolverines. And Michigan comes back after being down 17 to nothing to win on the road at Northwestern 20 to 17. Gus Johnson to get that audio from the Big Ten Network today. And I forgot about that game. That when you think about uh, last year, Michigan not playing Northwestern, but back there in 2018 playing the Cats uh, in Evanston and, and getting down 17 to nothing. And then Uche actually uh, uh, tweeting about that when he saw it, that you know, he took off after that walk-off uh, sack. So that was pretty cool. Uh, some other things, I listened to the Inside the Trenches podcast with John Jansen, and he was joined by Michigan defender Mozzie Smith, the defensive tackle there for the uh, Wolverines number a uh, 58 down there in the, the middle of the defense, middle guard, like they used to say. But uh, I like this one from um, from Mozzie Smith, who's been around for three years out of East Kentwood in Grand Rapids. Uh, when he was asked uh, his thoughts and what it was like when he gets double teamed. It's kind of like I kind of take the game, break it down simple. Um, we like to think a bunch. You know, I like to try and play fast and just play hard. So it's like whoever in front of me, I'm locked in on my key. And wherever he go, I'm going to destroy it. And whether it's two people on me, whether it's a it's a tag and, and the, the, the um, tackle's coming to block down on me, wherever my key is taking me, wherever he is, is going to get destroyed, you know. So just trying to play it honest. And not um, not looking at pre-stamp indicators too much because, uh, you know, you can guess wrong. Yeah. Hey, you know what, Mozzie? I, I listened to that that interview and, you know, I'm sitting back and that's the one. That was my favorite cut. That's why I put it in there. He likes I, – I like a defensive mentality of trying to destroy your opposite number. 
destroy the offense. A little seek and destroy there from Mozzie Smith. MGoBlue.com is where I got that pod. Most people that are familiar with Michigan will know all about what, uh, what JJ's running there in the trenches. All right, one more piece of audio. And while went back and got some of that against uh, Northwestern, I also saw a highlight clip that um, involved Michigan's last trip up to uh, East Lansing. So while we know Michigan's playing Northwestern, nobody's looking ahead. I am a little bit. Here's Gus Johnson. Widening up. He's got a receiver. Peoples Jones down the sideline. Peoples Jones. Touchdown, Wolverine. 79 yards. Hale coming down now. And Hail. the body is roughed up and slammed. The pile drive by Devin Bush. Final play of the game, and it's over. 21-7, Michigan comes to East Lansing and defeats the Spartans. The Paul Bunyan Trophy will head to Ann Arbor. Yeah, and we know Gus and Joel Klatt and the All-American girl, Jenny Taft. Final Thanks. score, 21-7, Michigan defeats Michigan State. And the All-American girl, Jenny Taft. We know they'll be on the call at high noon on Fox for the U of M and MSU game. And we thank them for the audio. I got that from the Michigan football Twitter feed. And hopefully for U of M, that's what you're going to hear Gus Johnson saying at the end. There they go. Getting the Paul Bunyan trophy and it's heading back down the road to Ann Arbor. All right, well, I I looked at this matchup a little bit, not the Northwestern matchup, but the Michigan State matchup, and I started going player for player, and I thought, is that going to sound good if I went through every player? So I just went through the key players, and you know, if you go to the quarterback position, Cade McNamara for Michigan, Peyton Thorne on the Michigan State side, you know, you ask yourself, all right, who do you give the check mark to? And when I went to the, I went to uh, different players, position, position groups, side of the def, side of the ball. And when you go to the offenses and you look, you know, the, the offenses are ranked second and third in the big 10, the defenses are ranked fourth and fifth. I mean, they're, they're, they're pretty comparable from what we're looking at. And like, so you're going to say that this Michigan state have a better offensive line than, than Michigan. And then I was like, well, maybe I'll put it down for a tie. Well, you, you can't come up with, you can't have ties. You have to have, some sort of a, so a tiebreaker. It's very close, though. Anybody that's going to analyze this game and is pounding the table for one side or the other and telling you that it's a it's a sure Michigan win or sure Michigan State win, you pretty much know that. Well, they're you know they're they're just hoping for that. Like so, the analysis has this as a very uh, tight game in fourth quarter game, and, and it, it's that's the way it looks right now. We'll see what happens Saturday if if uh, Northwestern or. If Michigan, something could happen to them, that would change uh, my opinion about that. But when I looked at the quarterback position, you know, I, Kate McNamara has, has done a lot of nice things. And, you know, he doesn't take sacks. He doesn't have negative yardage. And that's very good as a QB. Uh, you take a sack or, you know, you're you're getting behind the chains. And, you know, that that's that's going to ruin drives. Of course, those are drive killers. But when you, you look overall, the five touchdowns and the one interception that he had against uh, Nebraska, that's good. Uh, you think about, I do, the, the second half 
against Rutgers where it was not the deep passes. It's the five, 10 yard passes that, you know, you got to put on the receiver where, you know, one was a little high, one was a little behind and one was a little low. And, you know, that was not a good half of, of football for McNamara, who's completing uh, 60.5% of his passes uh, for just under uh, 1,000 yards. But when you look at Peyton Thorne, he did throw two picks last week, talking about the MSU quarterback against uh, Indiana. But 15 touchdowns, four interceptions, two of those, as I said, coming against uh, the Hoosiers. But a 61.2 completion percentage, over 1,700 yards. And then he had the, uh, talking about uh, a Thorne, he had the 15-yard reception, which is a great. It wasn't just a garden variety reception. It was like a you know, DeAndre Hopkins uh, reception. He went up through two players, got his foot down. I mean, it was an incredible catch. If he was a, a freshman wide receiver and that was his first catch, you'd say, oh, this guy's going to be a great wide receiver. Look at the look at the balancing act. Look at the uh, recognition. Look at the balance to be able to get your foot down. So all of that for Thorne. Plus, I, it's nothing that – is it against Kate McNamara that – that uh, J.J. McCarthy's getting sprinkled in here and there. They have more of a plan. It's evolving. They keep putting them in. Maybe. It means that he has a shorter leash. McNamara has a shorter leash than Peyton Thorne. Agree? Disagree? I think you'd agree with that one. So the check mark at the quarterback position is going to go to MSU. The running back position, I put Kenneth Walker the third on one side, and then I put two Wolverines. They're predominant ball carriers, Blake Corrin, and Hassan Haskins. And I think Kenneth Walker deserves to be mentioned as the top or one of the top three in the running for the Heisman Trophy right now at the midpoint or a game into the second half for for Michigan State. He's deserved that. Uh, he deserves it. Uh, no, he wasn't great against Indiana, but um, looking at what he's been able to do uh, for you know over half of the season, I say that, uh, yeah, I, I would put him there. And then – the other part that uh, we're talking about here, I'm going to plug something in. So I'm not getting the power that uh, I needed. Let me stand up and do this. The, um, the two Michigan backs, when you look at I'll go with, with U of M in the running back department here. And yeah, it's a, it's a, a little bit funny doing that when you, I just said that, you know, you got the Heisman Trophy uh, candidate on one side. But the thing to remember here is that both Michigan backs here and what they're doing, uh, I, I like it because you, you do have two because of the, the injury side. And the other thing is the one-two punch. Usually, you know, quarterback, you say you got two, you don't have one. But in this case, with Michigan, they do have two. And it, it goes against like they – because they, they either of those guys could just carry the mail. And what I'm saying there. So I'll put the check mark uh, at the running back position to Michigan, although it is very close. Wide receivers, Michigan, who are we taking as their top two or three? Cornelius Johnson, Roman Wilson, Dalen Baldwin. I could put AJ Henning in there. Mike Sandra still. I mean, that's it. Those are like guys that caught passes. Ronnie Bell's out for the year. So you look at that, and then you look at Jaden. Reed and Jalen Naylor, uh, you know, that's, I think this one's pretty easy. You, get, you have to go over to the, to the Michigan state side and put the check mark over there. But like I said, you start breaking down the offenses, second and third, even though states played an extra game here, 
defenses right next to each other, fourth and fifth. And uh, no, that's it. There, there are two. There's only four other teams besides U of M and MSU that are are undefeated in the in the Power Five conferences. That's impressive. They're on that collision course for Halloween weekend, just coming up uh, a week from this Saturday. As you know, that uh, Devil's Night up in East Lansing. We'll have a portion of the crowd dressed up in their Halloween bath. No, it won't be at night, but uh, it's still going to be fantastic. All right. Speaking of fantastic, we'll be uh, with you tomorrow. The the live is taking place at uh, 2 o'clock, and we'll be uh, sending some, some video as well to a YouTube channel. So a lot of good things in store for you coming up uh, tomorrow. And then uh, next week, this is going to, this is an ascending podcast, an ascending digital cast uh, as well. And you'll just be able to hear and see that as the days click by, hopefully. All right. Thanks to Jake Reepma for joining us. And uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm ready. I'm ready. You know, Thursday night, you get some football, you get the, get the NFL games, get baseball going, the Pistons and the Red Wings, Michigan hockey. I mean, like it's, it's, you know, sports is back and it's, it's, it's awesome. That's all. That's all I can say. All right. That is going to do it. Thanks for listening and we'll talk at you tomorrow.